0: This is Which Way Forward.
1: Redefining Public Safety. A radio project from WRFI News, the Ithaca Voice, and the Ithaca College Park Scholars.
0: some bad apples
2: in every barrel. Defunding the police will not accomplish anything. Defunding the police is only going to lead to more widespread crime. I want to let the world know that ain't going to stop us. We are going to Continue to stay diligent and vigilant about Black Lives Matter.
1: Around the nation, protesters have called for police departments to be defunded or reformed, following the killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. And countless other black and brown people at the hands of law enforcement. But here in Tompkins County, what's the best solution to reimagining public safety policies that will foster fairness and trust within each community regarding law enforcement? WRFI Community Radio, the Ithaca Voice, and the Ithaca College Park Scholars join together to try and answer this question in our new radio project, Which Way Forward. Redefining Public Safety. Today's episode explores what local agencies are best suited to be called for helping people in distress. Our team of reporters speak to several local social service organizations to better understand how and if those agencies could take on more of a role in maintaining public safety. We also speak to Ithaca Police Chief Dennis Nair about the current state of policing in Ithaca and what needs to change. As a note, Chief Nair announced on January 25th of this year that he'll retire in spring 2021. He cited burnout and police controversies in the last year. Ithaca Voice reporter Matt Butler and Ithaca College Park scholars Lauren Leone, Malik Mercer, and Aidan Glendon co-reported this episode. I
0: dropped out of school when I was in the third grade. And I was in the streets, hustling, and by the time I was 16, I was stealing and robbing with a gun, and I ended up doing the, the worst thing possible.
3: That's the voice of Tioga County resident Richard Rivera. In 1981, he was involved in a botched armed robbery that resulted in the death of an off-duty New York City police officer.
0: I still agonize over it. It's like my biggest, and it should be, it's, it's a source of shame.
3: Rivera says that those negative feelings were compounded by his experience with being denied parole five times when he went before parole boards.
0: I received 30 years in prison. I served 39 years of that. Yeah, I was released in 2019 after six board appearances.
3: Rivera, formerly incarcerated, now works at Opportunities, Alternatives, and Resources of Tompkins County, or OAR. He is the program coordinator for Endeavor House,
0: which is a a residential sober living facility for formerly incarcerated individuals or returning citizens.
3: He's also the outreach navigation coordinator and
0: I do outreach among the homeless population.
3: OAR is one of several alternatives to incarceration initiatives in Tompkins County, working toward different approaches to public safety jails and prisons. Amid nationwide calls to reimagine police practices, community members are focusing on non traditional pathways to criminal justice that do not place people convicted of crimes behind bars.
4: Originally, OAR worked with folks in the jail pretty exclusively.
3: Deb Dietrich, executive director of OAR, and she's speaking about the Tompkins County Jail.
4: And starting about actually a decade ago, we started to shift our emphasis. And that's only happened more quickly to assisting people when they come home from incarceration to, you know, finding housing and and locating jobs and helping them with that transition so that they don't end up back in jail.
3: Rivera and Dietrich are also members of the county's Reimagining Public Safety Committee. They agree that these efforts are community-wide. And Rivera says that reinventing policing and achieving alternatives to incarceration don't involve just the Ithaca Police Department or the Department of Social Services. It involves many agencies.
0: I see policing as a systemic problem that functions across social and political institutions. So it's at DSS, right? It's at the mental health unit. It's It's at every intersectionality, these individuals and the institutions that are there to help them out, that are supposed to be there to help them out.
3: Questions have been raised about who is best equipped to handle conflict resolution in light of the recent police killings of two Black men, Daniel Prude in Rochester and Walter Wallace Jr. in Philadelphia, and others whose mental health crises were met with deadly force. Rivera describes alternatives like,
0: Another agency, sort of under the auspices of police, but without the militarized and and, and, and fully equipped, almost SWAT-like character of traditional policing. So we were like uh, mental health care professionals, uh, social workers, maybe even peers that could de-escalate situations, talk to people and and respond to to, 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 to events in that community.
3: Dietrich says that in the event of a mental health emergency, it would be beneficial to OAR if non-police professionals were quickly deployed to the scene. That way those in crisis could gain access to treatment instead of potentially being criminalized by law enforcement officials.
4: You know, my workers deal with people in crisis daily. Um, and, and we're really very, they're very good at it, the people who work at OAR. Um, but there are occasionally times when someone's really um, having a psychotic episode that we, we're just not equipped to deal with. So having a, a hotline to someone who could come for mental health right away would really help us.
3: During the COVID-19 pandemic, OAR has been collaborating with the Family and Children's Services of the Ithaca Community Outreach Worker Program. Outreach workers defuse potentially criminal incidents in downtown Ithaca. They also provide services and
5: supplies to
3: people in distress instead of calling for police intervention.
5: The work that we do to keep people connected to the things that they need, food, shelter, medical care, mental health treatment, That, I think, is very important to help preventing crime in the first place.
3: Natalia Kowalich, one of the two community outreach workers in Tompkins.
5: Where does crime come from when people aren't getting their needs met so they figure out how to meet their needs? So we do a lot of work trying to kind of keep people stable, uh, make sure that they're supported.
6: Another group helping is Second Wind Cottages, which is a nonprofit organization that houses homeless individuals in cottages and helps them transition out of homelessness. Deb Wilkie is the Homeless Crisis and Alleviation Coordinator. Sandy Sorensen is Executive Director at Second Wind.
7: Where in the jungle, the work there is you're meeting people where right where they are in whatever situation they're in, if there's still an active addiction, if whatever, I mean there's a multitude. The mental health piece, um, there's just so many complicating factors. It, it isn't a program. So the crisis for each individual person could be different. It could be, you know, giving someone a toilet because they've used heroin and they're constipated and they're in a lot of problem. you know, they're having trouble. It could be picking up prescriptions, you know, all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum. They're ready. They're ready to get out. They really want help and they're um, willing to have someone like myself walk them through the process of accessing services at DSS, seeking shelter, working on housing, that type of thing. Sometimes people ask me, somebody just asked me yesterday, um, I heard a lot of people are here because they want to be here. And oftentimes some people in the encampment will say that. I'm going to live here forever. I love it here. I don't really buy it. I don't disagree with their statement when they say that, but they're in a rough spot and it's easier to stay than it is to change where they're at.
6: Sorensen says that there isn't much police interaction at the cottages. However, Wilkie sees Ithaca police often in her work because she also works at a large encampment in Ithaca where homeless people live, known as the jungle.
7: I would say most individuals living in the encampment specifically have had experience with police, and it's not a positive experience with the police. And that's not to say that it was the on the fault of the police they were doing their job but just the fact that they've had prior police involvement makes them uncomfortable and resistant and not wanting to have any interactions with the police in general
6: Sorensen shared that the experience of those living in the cottages are similar at the sight of police they had inside close their doors and stay there until the cops roll away she described it as insecurity and nervousness It might help you to think about those on parole, those who are worried that their past might come back to haunt them. So when it comes to alternatives to policing, couldn't it make sense for Second Wind to do the job if they've already got the trust of the community? Overall, it's a complicated question that both Wilkie and Sorensen are aware a quick answer to could reveal unintended consequences.
7: Personally, I think I need to give it a lot more thought. I wouldn't want to commit to accepting that role or that responsibility. Like I said, I think without even realizing it, I sort of may be doing some of that already. I s- clearly wouldn't want to take the responsibility though of maintaining the relationships as important in walking with people where they are in their lives with the hope that they their lives can be restored. I'd rather be advocating with them and helping them than on the other side of the coin, I guess. Like, if there was a role defined, and it's a position that we could fill and hire somebody that would take
5: some of that, you know, de-escalation of the police and, and and put it in a different type of person, a social worker or something. I think there's only so much that one can do as as an advocate or social work without having authority. And then whatever authority they were granted, that it would have to be really clearly laid out, because these guys are smart all of them and they're they're so in tune with like working the system if you if you send a social worker into a situation of mental health and that person obviously needs to go to the hospital to do an intake for example and that social worker doesn't have any authority or way to like physically get that person to the hospital that person's going to going to fight the position as well as fight going to the hospital. They're like, you can't do anything about it. Like, why are you here, right?
0: (laughs) Tammy
6: Baker, another community outreach worker, echoed these sentiments at an Ithaca Common Council meeting in fall 2020, and she believes the program needs more police officers.
5: As a street outreach worker, I I can't enforce ordinances, rules, or law. I can remind people of a better way to behave, so not to draw attention, to support them in what they may need in the moment, but law enforcement are the only ones that can enforce the rules. The fewer officers available, less enforcement is possible. To have a safe, vibrant community, we need to have police officers who aren't burned out, feel supported, and can show up for the community. Not funding the need for more officers will have a negative impact on morale and burnout and honestly make my work harder. Ideally we have more ideally we would have more officers and outreach workers working together.
6: It's important to note that this is two prong. That not only is this conversation about officer time, safety and repeat calls, but this is also about the fact that these people who police are servicing may actually need help that police officers are not the best to provide or
2: simply can't provide. You know, it's a variety of things. We we do things really well and A lot of times there's things that there's no one else that's available to deal with. So it's become historical that, well, we'll just call the police.
8: Dennis Nayer, IPD chief.
2: And then what's happened is that when things go wrong, you look at it at its root and you see, well, maybe the police shouldn't have been involved in that incident in the first place.
8: Chief Nayer has been relatively open-minded when it comes to the last several months of the police reform discussion, much of which has centered on how to improve his police force. He says he's tried to use the moment to soften public apprehension about police interaction, but also to assess what sort of duties his officers aren't best suited to handle.
2: But as far as the reform movement, I think in a lot of ways it'll be a a very good way for us to highlight what we do really well, which we've been doing for a long time, and also give us a chance for introspection to see what we could do differently, what we could maybe um, no longer um, put ourselves in the middle of being involved with.
8: Nayer takes his policing philosophy from something called the Pielian Principles, a centuries-old British policing methodology otherwise known as policing by consent. In Nayer's mind, being able to police a community is primarily reliant on that community's trust and approval of its police force. When his officers are put in position to deal with situations that are likely outside their purview, it raises the risk that the outcome could be negative and erode public trust, among other things. Lessening the number of those situations that police respond to is one of Nayer's goals for the public safety reform effort.
2: What's going to come of this is we're going to be able to, you know, look at what we do and, and how we can continue doing the things we do really well, what things maybe we can transfer off to, you know, another issue within the community that might be better suited. And I think the most important thing is that people will know what we believe is important, and that's their needs and that they now have a clear voice and we're listening.
8: It's universally agreed that one obvious, actionable step to improve local law enforcement is emphasizing the relationship between police officers and the residents they serve, an overall mindset known as community policing. Strengthening that relationship, according to Chief Dennis Neyer, is paramount to his department's ability to effectively carry out their duties. But the protests this summer showed him that has to improve. Playing out in the background of the ongoing reform efforts is one that has actually been in limbo for years locally, the LEAD program. The Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program, or LEAD, is the most recent attempt to reform policing in Ithaca. LEAD was launched in 2011 in Seattle. It is a community-based diversion approach to improve public safety and reduce unnecessary justice system involvement of people who participate in the program. The local version of LEAD received $900,000 in federal funding in November 2020. The city of Ithaca is aiming for it to be launched in spring 2021. Before the LEAD program, if an individual took part in a misdemeanor such as graffiti or petty theft, they could go before a judge or maybe even spend time in jail. Ithaca Mayor Svante Myrick elaborates on how LEAD and respectful, equitable access to compassionate health care or the REACH clinic can change this.
2: Now, the police officers will be able to divert folks directly to different providers, REACH being one of them. If after the initial intake, it's decided that, oh, what this person's doing is, is struggling with uh, uh, drug addiction, what we'll say is, look, instead of going to jail, we'd like you to speak to a counselor at REACH and see where that goes.
8: It might be difficult at first to see the benefits of LEAD, but Mayor Myrick believes that there are three questions that can be asked at the end of the year which will help us discover the benefits.
2: Are officers spending less time in the court, less time filling out paperwork? less time cycling people through the revolving door and more time on the street, walking around, meeting people,
8: um, being a resource. Chief Dennis Nair is generally more receptive to critiques and suggestions for reform than his peers. However, he is not supportive of cutting the police department's budget or of the nominal reductions that took place during the city's budget process for 2021. He argues that better performance from the police department would come as a result of more resources from further investment, not less.
2: Right now what we want to improve is we want to improve our outreach, our connections within the community, you know, our um, ability to be proactive. So that's an investment. For us to improve to the way that the community wants, expects, and deserves, it requires funding and resources. So um, yes, I want to see monies going to those other parts of our community, but not by being taken from us because we need the funding to be able to do the job that's expected of us.
8: Despite Nayer's sentiments, the Ithaca Police Department's budget was indeed cut for 2021, at least in part due to the outcry from activists nationally and locally. In total, the department's budget for this year is $12.5 million, down from $12.8 million the year before. Most of that cut came from the decision to not fund six positions that were already vacant on the department's roster. Exemplifying one avenue, where funding could be allocated instead of the police, The Southside Community Center received $200,000 for their 2021 budget. That represents a 25% increase in the budget from the year before.
6: The calls to defund the police ask that community organizations that help disenfranchised community members be funded to in turn, reduce interactions with police at the source. Alongside programs like OAR, Family and Children's Services, drug treatment programs like Cayuga Addiction Recovery and more are programs that serve the youth of Tompkins County and look to provide resources to kids before they ever get caught up in the criminal justice system. One of those organizations is My Brother's Keeper, a national initiative with a local chapter in Ithaca that helps young people of color with their health and overall well-being by addressing opportunity gaps and supporting community groups that align with its goals. There are five pillars to MBK, data and policy, education, employment, programming and recreation, and mentorship.
8: What we didn't want to do is reinvent the wheel, um, create all this programming. What we wanted to do was Look at what exists, figure out how to support them, and then, you know, who was doing good work. That was
6: Travis Brooks. In addition to his role at GIAC and with LEAD, he's the head of My Brother's Keeper Ithaca. My Brother's Keeper works as an umbrella organization and brings together programming through GIAC, the Youth Bureau, and the Ithaca City School District to support social justice, education, career planning, and community building for local youth. He talks about how his work sets good examples for local kids.
8: They have dreams and aspirations, but you're not connected to that. You don't get to see the hard work that put them there. So when you can help create that and you can help foster that, it's it's, 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 it's amazing. And the impact is crazy.
6: Brooks spoke to how young people, especially Black and brown kids who may have seen their parents struggle, who may have not been exposed to good role models that look like them growing up, how they really benefit from programs like this where they're inspired to go after their dreams and goals.
8: Exposure is everything. When you don't have that exposure, then you're limited to how you see yourself being in life.
3: When it comes to dealing with misconduct and crime in new ways, Richard Rivera says, it makes sense to allocate resources across multiple community organizations instead of concentrating them in police agencies.
0: We're not talking about defunding the police. We're talking about taking those resources and putting them somewhere else, putting resources in community development, having more programs, more after school programs, more substance abuse programs, better support for, for underprivileged communities, underprivileged schools.
3: Rivera has taken advantage of higher education opportunities during and after his incarceration.
0: Uh, When I entered prison, I couldn't read or write. While in prison, I earned a bachelor's, a master's, and I'm currently working with another degree from Barth College.
3: When we asked Rivera about whether alternatives to incarceration would have helped him earlier in his life, he told us that it was hard to say.
0: I don't know. I I can't tell you that. I say it 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 was a different era.
3: We spoke to him about whether youth mentorship programs would have encouraged him to stay in school and supported him as a young person.
0: There was greater diversity in opportunities and educational programs would have helped back then. I think these exist now, right? There's more programs to address the individual's particular talents
3: and needs. Rivera says that mentorship, in addition to incentives and rewards to motivate program participants, Are helpful approaches for young people today.
1: That was Ithaca College Park Scholar Lauren Leone, who co-reported this episode with Malik Mercer and Aidan Glendon, both Park Scholars, and Ithaca voice reporter Matt Butler. Jay Bradley edited today's episode, and sound design was by me, Michaela Savitt. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Skylar Eagle helped with script editing, and the series is directed and executive produced by Anna Lamb and me. Special thanks to contributors Joanne Izbicki, Fred Balfour, Pamela Tan, Godfrey Simmons, and Tom Pudney for helping to develop the project, and to WRFI General Manager Felix Teitelbaum and Assistant General Manager Peter Champelli for their support. Which Way Forward? Redefining Public Safety is a production of WRFI News, The Ithaca Voice, and the Ithaca College Park Scholars with funding from Engaged Cornell.